It's Sports Arena, and it's time for ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme from ECW Hardcore TV, episode one, all the way to 401. Every pay-per-view and special in between. And this is the fallout from the pay-per-view because we watched last week, November to remember, 1997. Now we're going to do a little bit of follow-up with the TV afterwards. You've got myself, Paul, I'm joined, as always, by Jay. Head in, Jay. I'm doing all right. I'm, um, I'm regretting that November to remember is over, but I think it's a regret I will forget as we continue on towards the end of 1997. Exactly. To regret your never forget, a bit like Marty Giannetti. Um <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> didn't take me long. Um this week we're looking at episodes two hundred and forty one and two hundred and forty two of ECW Hardcore TV. We are in December nineteen ninety seven as we come to the discuss. Oh, um, yeah, years nearly over. This '97's gone fast. It has. It's been it's been quite a year, and you know, one that we probably should do some sort of year in review thing. I think there's a good chance we might do that next week when we get to the end of year show. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. Something for everyone to look forward to. Please, people can find out what we talk about if they go to um, underscore sports screen or Twitter and Instagram. That might help them. Okay, so you're talking right, about yeah. how you, you put someone in a lake when you were young and you really miss your girlfriend? So, <laughs> so I was thinking, I know this is nothing with ECW, but it's, it's wrongly relevant. So people would also like tag team partners who don't really succeed. They'd be known as the Marty Giannetti of the team. Yes. That term's taken a turn for the worst now, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's always a thing that, you know, out of a team, no one wanted to be the Marty. I think now no one really wants to be the Marty. Yeah, it's sort of got a bit from underutilised talent to, yeah. Police investigation. (laughs) Sure. Ah, life. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, so it's around... Uh, Type Marty Ginetti into Twitter after you've looked at our underscore sports arena um, and you'll probably find out and realize that we don't really know what to do with this story because it's fucking crazy. Even for Marty Giannetti, it's fucking crazy. It is. Oh, um, oh just so many Marty Giannetti stories. So you just, um, December, 1997. <laughs> it's a new podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Giannetti. Dark side of Giannetti. Oh, he's, he's streaming up for a two-parter, isn't he? At least. I mean, oh. he is just kind of, you know, it is. it does kind of read as if he's just, like, pitching. Yeah, he's... Um... On time? Hi. <laughs> um, so, basically, it starts off, we hear Paul Heyman's voice talking about Shane Douglas winning the world title in front of the largest crowd in ECW history. Um, but his career could be over due to an elbow injury. But there's other wrestlers that might have a regret they will never forget. Can we get into so, some music? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the story coming out of this opening package is basically everyone's fucked. We've killed everyone. So, Bam Bam's coughing up blood because of the kidney shots. Uh, franchise's arms need surgery. 
Um, Tommy Dreamer's broken in like 17 places. Just everyone. Everyone's everyone's fucked. Stevie's still fucked. But um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's not a great... I suppose it's them showing how much they're committed to it all, I guess, sort of at the beginning. But um, yeah, just heads up, everyone's fucked. So we get intro music. And then we get a thing talking about Bam Bam Bigelow saying he's been a dominant champion for the six weeks he was champion. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on this. I did, I did. I mean, I, I, I my, my biggest struggle on this, I was, I, I'd finished laughing at that at the point where I'm kind of sitting there going, I don't know why you put the belt on on the franchise if you know his shoulder is, his uh, elbow is, is fucked and needs surgery. Pittsburgh because... Pop, wasn't it? Everything was leading to that moment. They couldn't not do it. <sighs> But they couldn't not. Your, your champions fucked. Yeah, but Bam Bam two wins over Shane Douglas. Hometown defeat or near hometown defeat. It just it would in too much. Yeah, I, I I get that, but yeah, it's just it's yeah. hard going because it's just um yeah. It would have been great if if ECW had like a Money in the Bank style sort of moment that would have been a great money in the bank style moment Shane Douglas had his big win and someone sort of cashed in something and took the belt straight off him which they've done I mean you know that's that's how Taz won the TV championship you know and, and how Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas lost the tag team championships and apparently how the FBI lose the tag team championships spoilers um, you know there's some kind of years to come there's a match yeah, true. It's not the best thing in the world. And, you know, after being beaten up by Bam Bam and all the rest of it and him getting goaded into something and blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's like we said, though, apart from like Bam Bam, Shane Douglas, they don't really have any... And Ted's got the TV title, so he couldn't do it. But there wasn't any sort of ready-made main eventers. I said they'd be sort of raided by everyone. and It's hard. Um... Yeah, so but he was the dominant champion. So we get photos of the match with a rundown in the background by Paul Heyman, which I can't lie, if I'd seen this after our show, I might have just recorded Paul Heyman talking about it <laughs> and, and placed it in because, not to knock us, but he did a pretty good job putting over this match. <laughs> I mean, we did a good job. We know, of course. Well, of course. Well, if you want to hear it, go back and yeah. listen. But obviously you have already, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, wow, did he go into it? He died. You could tell he 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 booked it. He dissected every little like bits that you wouldn't have picked up on, like watching it. He, he sort of just picked all the psychology and was like, "Oh, this happened because of this, and this happened because of this, and the reason this punch was there is because later on this happened." And you could tell yeah. he was involved in putting it all together, sort of. And knew it all. I was just like, "Oh wow, that's that's absolutely amazing." He's broken this match down tremendously. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting in kind of trying to work out how much of it was the psychology that they were playing all the way through and how much of it is what he's, like, decided it was going to be afterwards. Yeah, no, true. But, yeah, um, it was really good. That was a great breakdown in the match. And obviously, if you hadn't seen it, which I imagine you probably would have. Then it's a regret. Oh, no, that's something different. <laughs> Um, it put it over enough to make you want to see it. We then got 
Spike Dudley versus Mikey Whitbrick. We no- normally do face or heel, but this week, who's the underdog? <laughs> Mikey. Always. Um, as always, 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 you know, the fact that he is a triple crown, multiple-time champion, four-year vet in ECW doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Every single one of those wins has been lucky because he's the underdog. Uh, I enjoyed this match, back and forth match. Spike hit the acid drop first time. It was actually noted as the acid drop. Yep. And to celebrate, Mikey kicked out, which I thought was good. Yep. Way to introduce a new finisher. Well, he, he keeps it strong from now on. That should be fine. I mean, if <laughs> else just like gets straight back up after it, then you know you're starting to weaken the the, the finish, aren't you? Yeah, he needs to work with family. They always look after him. Yeah, they, they, they look after him. They do good on him. Um, so, yeah, decent match. Mikey Whitbrook hit the whippersnapper for the win. The reason I'm fast-forwarding to this is because it's the after bit that I found slightly more interesting. The fact that Joey Styles noted that he got the name the whippersnapper from a former opponent as he's borrowed the move. And... Here's now video footage of him beating Steve Austin from November to Remember. And you think, well, you're blatantly saying he's Nick the Stunner. And you're showing us that he beat Steve Austin again. That seems to be the running thing every week. Yeah, the underdog. Um, I mean, really interesting because they are very much... Um, suggesting that the whippersnapper is a a variation and a takeoff of the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah. However, Stone Cold Steve Austin gives credit for the move to Mikey Whipwreck. And, you know, even in One Night Stand 2005, you know, Whipwreck says, do you mind me using the whippersnapper? And, and Austin was like, well, kid, I stole it off of you. Um, Stone Cold's not actually in the room with me, by the way. Um, I think I didn't know. I, I didn't know I had a Stone Cold. Um, it, it's kind of a more dusky um, uh, Terry Funk. Terry okay. um, Funk's up here. The Stone Cold's down here. Um, um, yeah, so it's very weird because there seems to be a whole kind of, oh gosh, no, I stole it from. No, I stole it from you. No, I stole it from you. No, I stole it from you. Because I know he was the first person to take the Manable Claw. That was a thing. Mm. Because he was sort of like just about to join the Fed and he was trying this move. So he did it on Mikey just before he left. So I know that. But um, yeah, no, it's, um, it was weird. That they it sort of, then it can knock down anyone. It's sort of weird they sort of gave Stone Cold credit. But like you said, he gives Mikey credit. So it's interesting to really find out sort of what was what. Yeah, uh, not, I mean, we've seen a lot of Mikey Whipwreck matches now and will continue to. Um, it's not something I've seen him kind of crack out in his arsenal up until now. So it's not as if it's kind of like, you know, it might not have been a finishing move, but he always did it. I suppose it... I don't know, because obviously I know he beat Just Incredible with it, didn't he? He did. But, um... And credited with a snapper. Yeah, so I guess I don't know when Austin really started using it. It wasn't straight away because he was the ringmaster. And no, but we're into 97 drink. now. We're into the end of 97 now. He's just, you know, there's no way 
he's not using stunner. the stunner at this point, is there? Yeah, he's using a version of it, isn't he? Probably not as polished as what it was, but he'll be using a version of it. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Uh, we've got stills of Sandman versus Sabu from November to Remember. Obviously, we spoke Great about match. that. Great match. Go yeah. back and check it out. Exactly. And um, we've got a promo from Sandman basically walking down a hall, just looked at the camera and said that he loves ECW. Uh, it works. Doing no, no harm in that. Next up, we had Rob Van Dam versus Al Snow. Now, nothing wrong with the match. The match itself good is a really good match. Probably my favourite match out of the two shows. Yeah. I am annoyed that Al Snow's wrestling, though. Because I feel, they're right. doing, I feel they're doing a great job with the pay-per-view, building up the head stuff. Next episode, they're building up the head stuff. It kind of feels yeah. a bit rough just to have him in sort of Leaf Cassidy gear, like jobbing out in between. I think we're, we're, we're seeing the evolution of, as, as ECW kind of does, you know, the shedding off and, and, and creating something else. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a, a weird setup and a weird uh, run, but it looks almost as if um, it's like one week promo, one week match. Yeah, I mean... Unless it, it sort of builds up or how it sort of works. I don't know. I just thought it was weird to just, you know, you have the promo at the pay-per-view that he sort of just gets thrown out. And again, fantastic match, but just weird yes. to get sort of thrown to the wolves and lose straight away. Yeah. When he could have obviously just beat someone. But um, yeah, exactly. Great match anyway. Photos of Taz versus Pitbull 2 and Baracus. Um Photos of RVD versus Tommy Dreamer and the return of Stevie Richards and Doug Brothers and Phil LaFon. We then get a promo from Stevie Richards, which is a different version of Stevie Richards. It's like a stripped down, a lot more serious Stevie Richards. Yes, the superstar. Yeah, and I have all the characters. I don't I don't think superstar Stevie Richards really like works. I don't. No, I mean they are they are desperately trying to keep him heel. Yeah. Um, by playing up the, the 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 fact that he left, and playing up the fact that he's come back, and playing up the fact that he isn't Blue World Order Big Stevie Cool anymore. He is someone who believes his own hype after four months in WCW um, and therefore considers himself a superstar and, um, you know, the weird cult leader bit as well with, with him saving people and something. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting mix, I think. Um, I don't quite get what what they're trying to do other than other than you know him being healed I don't yeah. quite get what they're trying to do with it if you know what I mean I don't think they know I mean I felt like the obvious thing was just throwing back with Meany and Nova even if it's not the I, BWO just a different variation of it but they're begging for something to do yeah I mean I would have thought that looking at the roster as it is 
you'd be begging for a main event face, wouldn't you? So if he can come back in and pick up where he left off, if you can heat him back up to where he was... Yeah, or even just then, a similar place. Yeah, I mean, you know, somewhere around the main event picture, even if he's losing in the main event, you, you'd think that would be sort of good for them. Well, yeah. Because it doesn't feel they need another heel in that mix. And I know that it's kind of, you know, potentially an opponent for, for Tommy Dreamer to, to go on to. But yeah. you're still missing an entire raft of, of main eventers because you can't move RVD on to face Shane Douglas. No. I mean, or Sabu, for that matter. I think Taz just the wrong decision at the moment. And and again, takes up two belts. Two belts, you know. You, so yeah. you need Taz to drop his belt before he can go after that belt, really. Um, and he's only just started doing stuff with that belt. And again, you've got him wrapped up in the... You're, you're transitioning him to the WWF feud with yeah. Mr. Riot and... Brackus and Furnace and Fawn and the Pitbulls and various other people. So you are, you're still short, uh, you know, a number one challenger kind of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's so hard at the moment. Like, sort of the middle run, they've got a lovely sort of setup, but top run, like I said, there's no one that really stands out as, boom, this person's a star. I mean, Mikey could get thrown in for like a short program, I guess. But apart from that, Sabu's been put on sort of cooler for a while. He's not really... I suppose Sandman could sort of jolt with the right way, but he's off to it. I don't know. It's just... It's but, difficult. I mean, Sandman's just losing continually. Well, that's it. I mean, literally, like I said, apart from one good week, he was made to look stupid for how many weeks? So... Absolutely. He's Months had the brakes. He said the brakes put on and Dreamers obviously had the brakes put on. So yeah. um Yeah, no, it's sort of a bit um a bit rough at the moment with it all. Mm. Um and Steve like I said, Steve Richards, if done right, could have sort of filled a gap even for a short program and just sort of because as he said in the promo, he was pretty much there for world title shot with Terry Funk before he left. So he was we stay every yeah. week. We thought he was going to be the man at Belly League all the way it was heading. It was his moment. Yeah, and should have been. Still yeah. should have been. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I mean, if you can bring him back and do part of that, and yeah, he's going to get, you know, the you sold out chance for a minute and a half. But, you know, he, he appears and super kicks Shane Douglas or, or, you know, Candido when he tries to get involved or something. You know, they're going to, they're going to embrace him and go, like they did with Sabu when Sabu came back. I mean, this is a crowd that is now used to people going away and coming back. Well, that's it. And they're also a crowd that, as much as they probably won't admit it, needs like these people to come back, some of them. Yeah. You know, you can't go to ECW show and you have sort of like, you know, sort of Chris Chase and even Jerry Lynn's at this point. They're just so new. They're not someone you think... Sort of wow, in the same sense, it needs to all get built. 
Um, and that takes us to the end of the show. We're now in episode 242, which is around the 13th of December 1997. We get an announcement that Doug Furness and Phil LaFon have beaten the FBI to become new tag team champions after the Dudleys took out New Jack and Cronus, the gangster natives. About time. You know, they've been built up as this this absolutely um, ridiculous tag team. Um I, I think that uh, I, I doubt there's a team in the, the business that can hold up to them. Um, and I think they're going to hold those belts for a long, long time to come. <laughs> I like it. Um, we then got, well, Joe starts in the ring and he calls out John Cronus for an interview. Um, I was actually quite excited for the potential of this <laughs> because I wanted to see what Cronus was. No, because. I see him coming out in jeans and all this, and I thought, is this like a turning point? Serious John Cronus rather than the kind well, of rubbish. The way he was walking and all that, I thought potentially yep. this was going to be like a turning point where, you know, but again, you look at people that, what, Hill Cronus with Jason as a manager would have been perfect. Yeah. And just have Jason as a mouthpiece and Cronus as a worker, it would have, it would have worked. But um, yes, he comes out. But Dudley's basically come out before he gets a chance to really say anything, and ends up in a massive New Jack Cronus and Spike Dudley versus Devon Bubba and um, Big Dick brawl. Yeah, so Cronus is injured. Yeah, because of course. Yeah. Um, I feel that they've uh, so he's broken his thumb and his hand, and his yeah thumb and his hand. So it's all kind of like in a cast. Um, I do feel that they really did him a disservice by not setting the cast so he had his thumb out so he could do the the Kona style thing that he does. Yeah, because he tried to do it and it's just him with his pinky out, which was not the same. Um, but yeah, so you know he's going to have an interview. He he doesn't get to say a word. They all come out. They surround the ring. Um, you know, he's, he's been beaten up by them all the time, but instead of running away or, or trying to exit the ring, he he sits there and kind of kicks at them slightly. Um, and then they kind of very slowly get to the point where they know what they're going to do. They very slowly um, then turn and, and get rid of Joey Styles, and then they very slowly start beating up Cronus. Um, and they, they're beating him and they're beating him and they're beating him. And... Um, they're going for the kill shot. Bubba Ray's holding him. I think Bubba Ray and, D- and Big Dick are both holding him. Devon's got the chair. He's prone. He's he's held open for this chair shot that's going to just absolutely finish him. In just one second, this chair is going to fall on his head and is going to end John Cronus. Devon lifts up the chair, ready to spring, and New Jack's music hits, so they put the chair down and wait. Yeah, but as cool a moment as that was, you can't think, why were they just interviewing Cronus and not interviewing New Jack and Cronus? And if New Jack's around, why is he not coming out the moment they come out to to fight? And if he is going to run out, then why are the Dudleys not just finishing Cronus off because he's there and then moving forward? Yeah. It's a very weird storytelling piece where, you know, they all stop and prepare 
for New Jack, who, you know, respectfully has already kind of set his shtick that he's going to run down, throw a big load of weapons into the ring, and then get into the ring and fight. So you know exactly what he's going to do. Um, I don't know why the, the, the mysticism of him coming in still absolutely just fixates people. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I guess, obviously, I don't know, I don't know let's do the, the music playing all the way through or whatever, but it is like a spectacle, but it just, um, like I said, it just, in a logic sense, was a bit weird, and obviously then Spike Dudley got involved as well. I'm not sure if this is the first time he's proper feuded with his brothers. I think so. I think he's had matches before with Chris Chetty and a few others versus the Dudleys. Yeah. Um, but this, as far as I'm aware, is the first time he's actually, outside of just being in a match with them, he's actually run out and got involved with them. Yeah, he's uh, sort of proper going after him for a change, isn't he? Yeah. And, you know, worked out really well for him. Yes, yeah, so a massive brawl. Uh, Spike basically has the crap kicked out of him. And um, Bubba Ray ends up pinning him with just one foot, is it, just sort of on top of him? or? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Spike does a, a round of acid drops, hits yeah. the acid drop on um, Big Dick Dudley. Big Dick Dudley jumps straight back up and choke slams him. They then beat on Spike Dudley some more. Uh, they do a thing where Big Dick Dudley um, kind of press slams him into a 3D bubba cutter, which is meant to be through a table, yeah. except Spike just bounces off the table. Yeah. So Big Dick, uh, so then Bubba Ray then picks him up and power bombs him through the table and then pins him one. Pins him, although it wasn't really technically a match, with one foot. I must admit, I mean, obviously... I'm not here to rebook Spike Dudley because they did an amazing job, but it wouldn't have been good if basically this guy was a complete sort of underdog, but it was hard to beat up and he had this one move. And if he hit with his move, you're generally in trouble. But he's got one move. You could yeah. have built Sank around that. And I just think a week after naming it the acid drop, to be hitting it on everyone and it do nothing, it's just not really the best. Um... Yeah, I mean, so he's had two weeks of this move. And it's a really impressive move. You know, it's always looked great. Two weeks of this move. And so far, he's um, not really done anything at all with it because it's not pinned anyone. It's not pinned Mikey. It's not pinned anyone else. It, it, mm. it doesn't keep anyone down. In, in fact, you know, Big Dick Dudley just jumps straight back up. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah, it's all weird. And um, next up we got a rematch from November to remember: Just Incredible versus Mikey Whitbreak. Obviously, Just Incredible had the undefeated streak going into it. Uh, Mikey, despite being a Grand Slam winner, was the underdog. Mikey picked up the underdog victory in a massive upset, and this is the rematch. Not completely. And the story. Yeah, go on. Yeah, the story here is that. Um... Mikey, uh, just incredible, was in control for the entire match and uh, didn't take Mikey seriously um, because why would you take a, a four-year veteran's triple crown winner has beaten the likes of Steve Austin and the Sandman seriously? Um, and that blasé nature cost him. So 
basically what we saw with uh, Bam Bam and Spike is this is the same story. Yeah. But surely lightning can't strike twice. Oh, it's um. Yeah, so I said the match isn't completely dissimilar, but Mikey does pick up the win again. And I, I, I guess they're going somewhere with it and you're going to see like a vicious turn in, in Justin and all this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it just, just seems weird. It just seems weird to have him sort of lose again. But... Um, I guess. I mean, going. he's now, you know, this, this, this hot superstar, this, this, you know, sensation, this, this, you know, undefeated streak, blah, 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 blah. Is he, is he four and two or three and two now? He's three and two now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing that I struggle with um, this stuff, and I'm not sure if it's just me or if you have the same issue. Is obviously I know just incredible is just incredible, as in like what he becomes and the champion, yes. impact players, and all this. So it's hard for me to look at him as a talent coming in and thinking, is he sort of like well presented? Is he a hot talent? Is he doing cool stuff? Because I only see him as just incredible. Well, wow, just incredible's here. Yeah. So I'm sort of sitting there thinking. Man, this guy could fucking feud with the franchise. Jeremy, it's just incredible. But I, I don't know if, if it. Do you know what I mean? No. It's, yeah, it's, I mean this thing. It's not. It feels strange, for instance, that he's not out with the cane. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, Jerry, that's that's so far down the line. But all of that, you know, this is the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm not booking but I'm I'm you know it, when I'm putting these matches together and looking and all the rest of it it's it's the just incredible who is you know not just the coolest and not not just the greatest and you know yeah but that's the impact thing and got blood and that just incredible I've already skipped to that yeah. and it's really weird it's weird kind of you know he's a he's a nobody who's just walked in and he's a precocious brat kind of thing um, and I know that he backs all of that up and becomes so it is it's very strange and I think probably this is the one I found the weirdest because uh, maybe Jerry Lynn to a point but but, no, but I think Jerry Lynn hasn't got the long hair and he hasn't got the goatee I know it sounds stupid but it just doesn't look like Jerry Lynn he looks different yeah. so I mean, RVD looks like RVD, but RVD's come, RVD's come in and just doing RVD things. Yeah, it's like the same as when Tajiri debuts. He's in, like, blue trunks, sort of no goatee and that. He doesn't look like what Tajiri becomes. Yeah. So you'll see him as a different person. But Just Incredible just looks like Just Incredible. So I'm sort of similar to, you know, like Sabu. Always look like Sabu. Well, Tasmaniac had to go through Tasmaniac. The Sandman had to go through the Sandman. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, Braces Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's coming as just incredible. So I feel like I'm almost struggling to sort of see why is this guy just not mauling people. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. I I, I agree. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he lost. But obviously, he'll be back. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out all in all. Um, do we have a couple of promos next? Or did it go straight to Stevie J? Um, I think we had promos. Yeah, I think we had a quick promo from Axel Rotten and Balls, was it? We did, building up the match. Building up the match. Yeah, so we had that quickly. They went to Stevie Richards versus Chris Chetty. Um, again, interesting booking for Stevie in this one. Quick note, Danny Dorian was the ref. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's a little that's, um, that's a that's a good pull. Yeah, little notice that. I thought that was interesting. Um but um yeah, so Chetty versus Stevie. I didn't know if Stevie was legit in pain with some of these moves or how it's working. Yeah. He took a power bomb from Chetty and kind of just laid there in the ring. And Chetty and Doran didn't really know what to do. So I didn't know if they were sort of acting amazingly and sort of working it as a shoot or they were legit like, or what's going on? I felt that it looked almost as if Stevie was meant to reverse it and land on his feet. Yeah. Um, and didn't. And I think that the next spot they had was possibly, you know, something that then went into the the Chris Chetty trying to do the Stevie kick piece. Yeah. But um yeah, him being down on the floor and all the rest of it, they just they just kind of sold it that he was injured. Not injured enough to go for the pin. Um and Chetty's kind of urging him to get up in a whole kind of come on ref, get him up. He's wasting time, which I don't understand because that's not that's not what it is. Um, you know, it's not like he's he's you know gone down in a football match. It's it's this is a wrestling match. You're meant to be trying to knock him onto the the, the floor and pin. Yeah, like I said, he could um, have pinned him. Yeah, if he's in that much pain. Um, but but I and I don't know if part of it is meant to be Chris Chetty, the 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 rookie, making rookie mistakes because. You then had the, you know, he hits the Stevie kick and he tries to hit his double moonsault thing, which looks far too similar to the Sabu moonsaults for me personally. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if it's, and he misses that and then Stevie hits the Stevie kick, which is a million times better than the one Chris Chetty hit um, and picks up the win. So I don't know whether it was meant to be his, his, um, naivety that cost him yeah no I felt that it was um, it was, it was uh, strange um, change the subject jump into the future sort of an interesting thing today someone's um, I mean right to censor used to come out yeah they used to have the website right to censor.com mm-hmm. someone's bought that well obviously WWE don't really care about it and it sort of labs Someone's bought it. If you go to that address, it takes you straight to um, AEW's website. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure if it's AEW, because I can't see why they'd want to do that. Or just someone else has just bought the domain and forwarded it straight to AEW. Yeah, um, someone's picked it up for like a a quid or something, haven't they? And just had some fun with it. Yeah, so that's that's a thing. A little interesting thing. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so Stevie picks up the win, though. We then get a promo from Al Snow. And again, this is what I'm saying. It's like night and day. This is what I want from Al Snow at the moment. He's there arguing with Head again. You don't really see who he's talking to. But I thought it was quite funny because he sort of said about when he was in WWE. And he's walking out the back and he's like, I want to be a main eventer. What do I have to do to be a main eventer? And they said, you just got to give a little head. So he's gone out and found a mannequin head. <laughs> and to me, it just, I don't know, it, just, it was so sort of just... I love it. I love that, you know, why am I always sitting in the back? You don't even have any legs. Why am I in the back? Um, yep. No, but it is. It's kind of setting the scene, you know. Yep, you're in the driving seat. I listen to you. Yep, yeah, that's absolutely right. It was, it was a bit of a, a, a strained metaphor, I think, in the sense of, you know, the, the head is in control. But... Um, yeah, no, it was, it was good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. And obviously, I'd like to see... Because um, obviously, I felt ECW probably did this properly compared to WWE's sort of version, where it was just a guy walking out of a mannequin head and never actually explained or shown or anything. Yeah. Um, we then get a little promo video with um, him in slightly updated attire with a full blue gear rather than sort of Leaf Cassidy. So... Interesting, the change is coming, and uh, yes, it's still not. It's interesting because it's it's far closer to the Al Snow than it is the Leaf Cassidy, but it's still not quite right. It's not the blue and black singlet. It's it's exactly. a, a singlet. Exactly, we're getting very very close. So um, it's exciting to see where that character goes. Um, Doug Furness and Phil Lafon versus Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney for the tag team titles, just before the match starts. And we get promos, we get another great Axel Rotten promo with the his usual sort of jargon. I don't know who he's about his yeah. promos, I just love the way he chats. Um, Chris Candido and Lance from Storm. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, Chris Candido <laughs> and Lance Storm come out. Candido cuts a promo. Um, again, great promo from Candido. He had me yeah. chucking away where he's saying about the triple threat here, they're going to take over. And hold all the belts. The triple threat could do this. Not, not you, Lance. You're not in the triple threat yet, but hopefully you'll be in there in the but future. Be doing, doing good, kid. That's just, it's yeah. just, just such a pointless throwaway thing. But it's, it's just that gentle build that does everything. And I thought it's fantastic comment. So they end up getting themselves put into the match, and end up winning the match and becoming new tag team champions. Yeah. So Furnace and Lafon are eliminated first. Yeah. Um, uh, Balls Mahoney goes for, I mean Balls Mahoney had a, a, an amazing match on this one I thought um, Balls Mahoney goes for the acid for the um, uh, oh god it's not the acid drop what is it the, the, the... oh god all I can think about is the acid ah Um, Nutcracker? Nutcracker Sweet? Might be the Nutcracker Sweet. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, and, um, he, uh, I think it's, uh, Doug Furness gets out of that, uh, picks, um, Balls Mahoney up, uh, for a slam, holds him for just long enough for, uh, 
Axel Rotten to do a weird looking drop kick into Balls Mahoney, who falls on, on Doug Furness and pins him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good to get the belts on um, Candido and Storm. I, I kind of feel like going back and watching this whole run, especially at this point, all the others, I'm surprised Bulls and Rotten never get the belts. Yeah, I mean, they feel just there, don't they? Uh, there's just it's... been... There's been like multiple matches where, like you said, you feel like they they could have, and it wouldn't have felt weird. I mean, if the FBI can have a run at this point, yeah, why why Flafon could have it for two days or whatever it was. Yeah, why have these two not given a run? They're, they're very. It's weird. I felt like they're thrown in the same category as Tommy Dreamer, where they're just solid ECW sort of workers who sort of battle, leave it on the line, but never really win the big one. They're always just there to battle and sort yeah, of make others Tommy look Dreamer good. does. I mean, you know, maybe not multiple times like he, he possibly should have, but, you know, he has multiple tag team championships. He does have a heavyweight championship. Um, I guess it's only the TV that he doesn't really hold. So Tommy Dreamer doesn't do badly out of it. Eventually, though. Axel, yeah, well, I mean, even at this point, he's already been tag champ. For like a week or something, wasn't he? He lost it well quick. Was it with Johnny yeah, Dunn or Tommy still... Dunn? Or... But, yeah, no, I get, it. I get what you're saying. But I just feel like he's sort of, he's never really, but like I said, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I thought Tommy Dreamer and Sandman made a great team. And that's sort True. of just been poo-pooed. I feel like that tag team division could have easily done with them at the moment. No, but no, yeah, but we'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> but um, yeah, Baracus is there, basically confronting Taz. Nothing's really done or said. It's just there happening. Yep. So that happens, and then we get Sandman and Tommy Dreamer making their way to the ring as the show ends. Yep, Beulah McGillicutty looking amazing. Yeah. Um, did I did I miss um, an announcement from Joe Styles that this is match from next week or something? Well, so this thing, so, you know, Sam, uh, Sabu and RVD are in the ring. Tommy Dreamer and Sam Man are coming out. What do you think the match that kicks off next week's ECW is? Well, I'd go for this, but I've got a feeling the way you've said it, it's not going to be. It's Sam Man versus Sabu. Oh. Obviously. Tommy's just coming out for a bit of backup. Yeah, and then just disappears. Perfect. As does RVD. Hey, they've thrown a, a fake little thing there, and they try and hook you in. Um, yeah, a couple of interesting weeks. I mean, obviously the fallout from the pay per views are always slightly strange. I mean, they're, they're stretching the situation where if they had their way, Shane Douglas would have been all over this show. Like yeah, think- instead we got a a picture of him in a cast whilst Francine holds the belt. That's the thing. I mean, realistically, you think two weeks gone from the pay-per-view now, you haven't seen the new champion or the old champion. I know it's not the biggest deal in the world because they're trying to fill it with the tag team titles, but you'd think that, like, 
there'd be something. You've seen the new champion more than you saw the champion when when Terry Funk lived his dream and won it. Yeah. After the first pay per view. Oh yeah. And when you finally see the champion, you get to see the champion with the belt. True. Big fuck off cast. Yeah, I know. Just it's everyone. So no, I'm just a sucker for the Shane Douglas promo. I mean, you kind of just hoped he'd be Absolutely. there standing in the ring. You know, he doesn't need two good arms to cut a promo. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you're going to have that shot of him with his sunglasses on and Francine holding the belt with his arm in a cast, he can do 30 seconds of mic. Yeah. It's just... Um... A limit, big man. In fact, it may even have cost me my career, but goddamn, it's worth it because I'm now three-time ECW World Heavyweight Champion. It's just um, so crazy, isn't it? I mean, I'm excited to. Um... Shane Douglas isn't in the room either, by the way. <laughs> It'd be a new show. I don't, I don't like Shane Douglas, Stone Cold, and Terry Funk just drinking tea on the couch. Might do a new show if you just explaining to people how to do wrestling impressions. Badly. Hey, neither here nor there. Just we do a new superstar each week, and you basically just sit there and try and form sentences. I'm going to try. I'm going to break up my new impression now. Serious Cronus, ready? Yep. How was it? I'm feeling episode one. (laughs) That's what I'm sensing. I'm thinking. Episode one, our special. Let's just see what can happen with this. Opening I, mean, I feel I should work on my Jeanette impression because I think we're going to get a lot of use out of that at the moment. Oh, I almost forgot about him. What way to start the show, what way to end the show. As if he was left in a river somewhere. Eesh. Um Next week, obviously, we'll be getting to the end of the year, which was 1997, so it's very well that we'll be doing a best of with a couple of categories, probably feud, wrestler, tag team, usual kind of excitement. We'll probably throw it out on social media, at underscore sports Arena on Twitter and Instagram, the categories that we'll be covering, so you can have your say, because everyone's got an opinion on 1997 and ECW, because it's considered one of the hotter years, so get involved. And, and with uh, good reason. I mean, you know, we're not at the end of year summer yet, but it has been a hell of a year. What we've watched happen in this year is it really has. crazy. So, yeah. And it's interesting, even though we've just sort of gone through it all, I'm looking forward to almost going back and reading some of the results and sort of thinking, oh, fuck, that's amazing. It's all happened this year. And um, that'd be good. Yeah. So I'm excited for that, obviously couple more episodes let's, let's get for the year and let's keep marching on soon we'll be in 1998 and um, we are reliving this revolution that was ECW which is the great first time and also continue to say MLW Underground make sure you watch it Raven popped up this week it's amazing and if you're in the UK it's on um, Free Sport as well so they're actually running Underground on that as well now well then haven't got that so- We've talked about it kind of taking up some of the ECW stuff after, like you've said, Raven popped up and um, yeah. Terry Funk, Steve Carino and things like that. Uh, and I know I was speaking to you uh, earlier in the week about it. Didn't realise that uh, I, I'd forgotten that Joey Styles 
went across there as well. That's what he did after ECW as well. So even down to the presentation and voice um, has a very MLW, uh, has a very ECW tinge to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you listen to this, you obviously loved ECW or continue to love ECW. Um, if you're missing that sort of fix or something you might not have seen, but want some familiar faces, MLW Underground easily the show for you. Like I said, you've got your Sabus, your Jerry Lynns, your Ravens, um, early days CM Punk appears, Steve Carino, literally again, just thought like Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes is there. Extreme Horseman, which is Simon Diamond, C.W. Anderson, and, and Carino. It's just absolute beautiful program. Well worth checking out. It's only an hour long, and you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. Oh, super Crazy was there this week as well. Not just super, not just crazy. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of the show. Like we said, at underscore sports arena, Instagram and Twitter, go to zad.co.uk or .com. Simply search sports arena, check out some of that extreme rewind slash sports arena merch. Thank you for all the support we're getting, enjoying the show, enjoy the conversation. Uh, we're mostly talking ECW at the moment because the current product isn't all that exciting. And um, yeah, stay away from Jeanette and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.